Good morning. This morning, we are going to continue in our series on the kingdom. And I'm going to jump straight in just because there's quite a bit of the content that I want to get through. But um, just, just because I need to get a story, even though I wasn't going to give a story, I'll just give a story anyway so we can start with the story. Um, but let's pray before we do that. Jesus, we come before you, Father, recognizing that you are God and that we're not. Father, I pray that you would continue to speak to us. Lord, I pray that this would not be another Sunday, Jesus, but that there, this Sunday would be a Sunday where every single person in this building takes a step forward in you, Jesus. Lord, may we not be, be stuck in stagnation, stuck in whatever, whatever the things of life that we get stuck in. Father, may this morning be a step forward in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So when you're talking about the kingdom and you're preaching about the kingdom, God will often bring those things home. And so the, the story, because i got to get my story from my archer, and just because he's my boy. So is Bennett. And Lexi's my girl, and I love her. But she's too little to give stories about. So, But archer, um, I, I, just, I thought this was such a good picture of the kingdom. And the kingdom is his kingdom, is his rule and reign, is his, is his way of doing things, right? But so often, I think one of the things that we've been pointing to is that it's too easy for us to build our kingdoms. And it's so easy, and it's just so subtle. It can be so much a part of us. Just to give you an example of this story, I, um, uh, with Archer, you know, I always try and teach him lots of things, and, I, and we're pretty intentional with our kids, and we spend lots of time doing that. But there, there was one evening, and it must have been around, um, you know, bedtime, and, and we're just talking. But it actually happened twice, so that's how you know that I didn't learn from it the first time. But the same exact thing happened twice. And, and I was just telling Archer about life, and when we pray, and we say what we're grateful for, and we say what we're thankful for, and, and we pray into all sorts of things, and, and it's, a, it's a really good time. But I was, I was using it as a teaching moment for him, and I was just like, you know, Archer, I, I, I didn't grow up with a dad for a lo- long portion of my life. And, and, and there was a number of things that I was looking for from this statement. I wanted him to say how great I am because, because he has this phenomenal dad in front of him. You know, and like this dad loves the Lord and is there. And, and I love my dad too, but he just, he wasn't there for part of my life. And so, and, and I was just looking for, you know, like, I was looking for some awe and amazement in this, in this teaching moment. And I was more teaching him about my wonderfulness than anything. And, and it's so funny because it happened twice, which just showed I've forgotten. And it must show that I'm looking for a pity party every now and then. But I, I told Archer that, and he said, no, you didn't, Dad. And I was like, boy, you talking to me? You talk back to me. I'm trying to teach you something here. I am your father, and you should be grateful for it, and we should thank God that I'm your dad. He said, no, dad. You had a dad. I said, okay, Archer, you're five years old. You don't quite get where I'm going. Let me explain it to you, and I I was about to go through my whole life history and explain how he was so wrong and how he missed the boat of this teaching lesson. He said, no, you had God, and it was just like, oh, it was one of those like, oh, but I'm trying to teach you about my kingdom and how great I am. But how many of you know that when we're pursuing the things of the kingdom, we're different. We're, we're, not, we're not restrained to the stories that we have here or the stories that we tell ourselves. It was just such a powerful encouragement that I want to just begin as we're looking at this. It changes everything how we do it. I'm going to jump straight in. There's a quote from Jensen Franklin that I want to speak to. He says, I don't care what everybody else is doing. 
You're not called to be like everybody else. You're called to be different. You're not different to be different. You're different to make a difference. In order to make a difference, you've got to be different. You can't be like everybody else. And if you will be different, God will use you to make a difference. I don't want to rehash where we've been. I don't want to rehash where we've been with Bruce and myself, but we talked about some very, the big picture of what we believe the kingdom of God is, is that our mandate is literally to bring heaven to earth with God. That's our mandate. That's a huge mandate. And, and one, of the, one of my hopes this morning is that we can make that mandate a little bit more bite-sizable. What, what bite can we take into taking a step forward? I think it's too easy to let that be in the huge category. And I, I don't know how to bring heaven to earth. That's like huge. That's, that's like too big for me. So I'm just, I just don't know what to do. And then we can be on the other end of the spectrum where we sell God so short. And we say, well, maybe he can use me once a month to speak encouragement into somebody's life. And that's about where, where, what we hope for. But can I tell you that God is not random. And he hasn't created people in his image to have random interactions that represent what the kingdom of God is. It's not just being a little bit nice to someone one day. There's, and so we want to unpack a little bit more of how do we find some middle ground within this huge concept and then what we often relegate to the randomness of what it could be. We're going to find somewhere in the middle. But how many of you know that this whole idea of new is greater than better needs to get in our spirits. We are brand new. We are different. We're not a better version of ourselves. We're not a, we don't want to be a better mom than everyone else. We don't want to be a better dad than everyone else. We, we, that's not what our mandate is. We're very different. You're a different mom. You're a different dad. You're a different coworker. Your purpose, what we talked about last week, is completely different, not to be better. You'll, you'll probably end up being better, in, in the, if we use that word, if you be different. But we're not seeking better. We're seeking new. We're seeking different to be who we are called to be. We are citizens of heaven. We can pull his resources from the throne room of God. We create something that is so significant that following generations feel like they were born into purpose, and that purpose really is heaven on earth. It's a quote by Bill Johnson. And within this, following this quote, Chris Valentin says, we do this until the kingdoms of this world become the kingdom of God. This morning is all about beginning to understand how do we release the kingdom sound? How do we release heaven on earth? I'm going to jump right in because I have a lot of wonderful things. First point of three major points that we're going to look at. And I just, even before we get into listing the points, can I encourage you that this isn't points to remember, but this is far more like a cycle to keep going around and around and around. So I do have points one, two, and three, but it's not separate and they're not just random, but it's literally like a cycle. So it should just be one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. And this process will continue for the rest of our lives and on into eternity. The first point is this. The kingdom is inside out. Can everybody say inside out? The kingdom is inside out. What do I mean is, is Bruce, and Bruce touched on this already, but the kingdom, we always are like, what is the kingdom? The Pharisees were like the same thing. Like, Jesus, what is the kingdom? You're like, you're killing me with this. The kingdom, he says, is within you. The kingdom starts inside of you. If you're looking for it, you're probably looking too far. You should be looking inside of you. The kingdom is inside out. 
In Luke 17, 21, verse 20, it says, Being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he, being Jesus, answered them, The kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed. Nor will they say, Look, here it is, or there, for behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. Other translation says, or within you. And another translation that I love even more says, within your grasp. What a beautiful picture that the kingdom is within your grasp. One of the things that I spoke to last week, and I hope you heard it in my spirit, is that these things can be attained. And this morning is all about the release of how do we actually see these things come to fruition. Not just being better, not just being nice, but seeing his kingdom work manifest in your life. This must happen in you before it happens externally. And one of the things that I just want to point, point to, because it's too easy to kind of, kind of come to plateaus in our faith. But the key word in the kingdom is transformation. The kingdom of God is all about transformation, not transformation for the better, but rather that is being transformed with a new mind. We are a new creation, not a better creation, not a more polite creation, a new one. Transformation is this, a marked change in form, nature, and appearance, meaning it's not a better version. It's a brand new version. It looks different. It feels different. So if the marker of the kingdom of God is transformation, you should be able to see the change in you. We're not looking for feeling better. We're looking for a marked difference inside of you, within you, within your grasp. It looks different than what it did. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same, being his image, from one degree of glory to another. I love, there's another translation that says ever increasing glory. That's powerful. That's something that's observable within you. Are you being transformed to ever increasing glory? Or have you, have you plateaued? Have you not pushed through? That is an example that the kingdom is not being developed with inside of you if you're not experiencing transformation, if you're 85 or if you're five. Transformation is the ongoing marker of the kingdom happening inside of you. Ever increasing glory. For this comes from the Lord who is the spirit. We need to be in the process of being transformed on the inside into the image of God in ever increasing glory. Because, and, and we ha I can't express this point enough. You will not be able to, or you will be very limited in your ability to express anything of the kingdom if it is not inside of you. The kingdom is expressed because it has been birthed, grown, developed inside of you first. When you are looking for the kingdom, look here first. What is he developing in here? What is he working on in here? What is he transforming in here? And I, I know it's so easy. I have so many passions around. I would love to see this different, and I would love to see this different. I think the question that we have to ask ourselves, has it changed in here first? If, I, if I'm wanting revival over here, am I experiencing revival in here? It's one thing to say, this person should be doing it. Are you doing it? Are you experiencing it? We need more prayer. Have you developed your prayer life till you're like a prayer ninja warrior? Before you start expressing why are they or they or they not doing it, the kingdom starts inside of you. You want to see heaven brought to earth? Heaven needs to happen in here first. 
Whatever part of heaven you feel God calling you to needs to be in here before you can release it. You externally produce whatever is inside of you. With things of the kingdom, we must not ask why they're not happening here or there. We must first examine to see if they're happening inside of us. This is not a matter of someone doing something better here or there. This is a matter of our surrender and being submitted to the rule and reign of God inside and being transformed by it. I think I've seen too many Christians that think coming and paying their dues by coming to church checks off the marker. I did what we could call as worship. It's worship once you're starting to be transformed by it. There's a powerful mandate here. This is not to give lip service to Jesus, but to be surrendered to the point where we're being transformed by him. So that we're seeing our lives go from glory to glory. And that doesn't just mean from mountaintop to mountaintop. That means from mountaintop to higher mountaintop to higher mountaintop. Ever increasing glory of the transformation that's happening inside of us. And it's not because of who we are. It's because of who he is. I want to just read out a parable that it's one of the greatest um, chapters in the Bible on the kingdom of God. It's Matthew 13. And I just want to read out one of the parables that he says to, to explain the kingdom of God to us. It's Matthew 13. I'm going to start in verse 1. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. And great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil. And produce grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Jesus, let that be our cry today. Then the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who is not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables. Because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, You will indeed hear, but never understand. And you will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart, their heart, it's a heart condition, has grown dull. And with their ears, they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. It's not a lost case. It's not a lost cause. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Hear then. The parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. 
As for what was sown among thorns, this is one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. To be effective in the kingdom of God, the most important thing that we can do is to manage the soil of our heart. Before, we may have a passion to see the kingdom of God expressed in our families, in our workplaces, in our city, in our nation. But if you have not tilled and managed and worked the soil of your heart, it will be very challenging for you to express the kingdom in greater and greater degrees of glory. To be effective in the kingdom, the most important thing is to manage the soil of our heart, to manage what happens on the inside of us. Now, here's what I want to say. There are things we can do to enable us to hear the Spirit of God. And there are things that can block our ability to hear and to understand. I I don't know about you, but I, to some degree have some compassion on this first, this first uh, like, what happens with the first soil. It's about understanding. Those that don't understand, they don't receive it. I'm like, God, that's, like, not fair. You know, like, that, 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 can I tell you that not understanding something is not an excuse for not redeeming the consequences of it or the benefits of it? If you don't understand something, what should we do? Work. Put in that work. That, that, there's doctors out there, right? Did they become doctors overnight? I, I hope not. Like, I wouldn't want to see that doctor. That doctor, <laughs> I hope it wasn't one of the doctors that, like, cleared you, Bruce, of your surgery. You know, it's just, he just walked in and said, I'm, a, I'm an arm doctor. No, he, hear my heart this morning. We disengage when we don't understand, and God is saying, don't disengage, press in. Find out what it means. Be relentless until you understand. Understanding has a goal of where you can begin to understand. God, he, trust him. He will reveal it to you in time. But I was just so impacted by that not understanding. If you don't understand, it will be snatched away what has been sown in your heart. The second thing, no root in himself. When the soil is not deep enough. When the foundations are not strong enough. And I, I love this phrase. It's not when troubles come, because you can handle some troubles and be like, God, like, I'm, I'm in trouble, help me. It's when trouble comes on account of his word. That's powerfully challenging to me. It's when trouble comes on account of his word. that, in, And the Bible says immediately he falls away. And, and if I... If I can be as bold to say that I don't think, again, this is not the issue of salvation. My goodness. It's a free gift of salvation. But what this is, 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 is working and maximizing the things that God has put inside of us. There's, there's not a magic thing that just pops up. It's done through us. Anything worth having is worth working for as well. How deep are your roots? Have you spent time cultivating the depth of your roots, making the foundation strong enough to build something amazing on it? This is where when we think that we've got the basics down, can I encourage you? 
go back to the basics. Make those basics so, so deep and so wide and so strong that when God's wanting to build on them, when he's wanting to build on the soil of your heart, there's something that he can build that's amazing on it. The next thing he says is the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches. Life, man, life can beat you up. How many amens could I get? I've given an amen. Life can beat you up, man. And I love that, the deceitfulness of riches. Wealth makes us think like we're all good. But what does it say that our lives are but a passing thing? Any wealth that you gain here, I, don't, I still don't know anybody that's been able to take it to heaven. They, they might be able to. But that's what we're talking about here, is what are you building what are you, where is your treasure is? Where your treasure is, it's where your heart is. That's what we're exploring. Are you building the treasure that's within inside you, the kingdom within you? Because those two things, the cares of the world and deceitfulness of riches, choke the word. And it proves, and this is, this is like, this is the burden of my heart this morning, unfruitful. It's not like, it's not like Archer, you need to work harder. He already got five goals at soccer, people. He's just, he's already at the peak. There's nowhere to go from here. It's only down. My heart for Archer is not to be like, you, you need to get six goals next time. No. It's, it's the fact that I want him to be fruitful that I'm going to keep encouraging him. Because I want him to fully step into the fruitfulness that is available to us. I don't want him to be a part of an ineffective kingdom, an ineffective church. I want him to walk out and express the kingdom in the fullest way that God has created him to do so. And I hope you hear my heart this morning that I would be cheering Archer on in the same way that I'm cheering myself and all of us on. And that understanding these things is not saying, oh, man, I've missed it. No, it's saying there's so much available to us. But it matters. We can't just check out. Can't check out. We have to check in. Cool. The key to being transformed on the inside is good soil of the heart. One who hears and understands, who bears fruit and yields 30, 60, or 100-fold. The key is to being transformed on the inside and getting the kingdom in you is all to do with the soil of your heart. We need to be a people that prays for ears to hear and a heart to understand. This is not passive. You can do things to remove the obstacles blocking your ears. Hear me in the spirit this morning. There are things that block our ears that we have grown comfortable with and we enjoy them better than being challenged by the spirit of God. Transformation does not always feel great. There's a reason why my dad was an Olympic swimmer. There's a reason why I'm not an Olympic swimmer. I did not want to be transformed into that great of an image of a swimmer. I stopped well before because I wasn't willing to pay that price. And I don't, I'm skipping ahead. I'm almost there though. What happens in you determines what will be released out of you. How you till your soil, how you prepare your soul, your heart to receive has so much to do with what you'll be able to produce. When we're looking for a how-to in the kingdom, like these are some lofty ideas, Jesse. Start tilling the soil of your heart. Start seeing where God's calling you. Is he calling you to finally get rid of that bitterness that's just always lingered? Has he called you to get rid of that sarcasm that just has that bent everything that you look at? 
What is he calling you to, to till in the soil of your heart? Is he looking for those roots to go deeper? What is he looking to do? Is he looking to open your ears? Well, what blocks it? Is it the pride of life? Is it because, I don't, I don't know what it is, but seek him, he will be faithful to reveal what needs to happen in your heart. You may say, I don't know what to do. I'm telling you, the first thing to do is manage the soil of your heart because what he will build will be on what happens inside of you. If it's not happening in here, it's not gonna happen out there. And whatever does happen out there is not gonna be part of the eternal stuff that we want to build and we wanna be a people that expresses in this city, in this nation. We cannot skip over this step. Point number two, this comes straight from my man, Bill Johnson. And he says this, in Jesus, in the kingdom, life is always an adventure. But hear this, this is where the point comes. And everything in it has its price and its reward. In the kingdom, Life is always an adventure. I think it's too easy, and I, I love this quote because I want to talk about the price that we need to pay, and specifically, what does that look like? How does that look? But I think it's too easy to be like, oh, there's a price. Oh, you know, like I'm not paying a price. But how many of you love adventure books like I do? I love movies that just have a for real story to them, and it's an amazing adventure. Like, have you seen the meme in Lord of the Rings? Like, why didn't the eagles just, like, pick up Frodo and Sam and just take him to Mordor at the end? And there's, there's good reasons to argue that. From I'm a Lord of the Rings nerd, man, and so I could, yeah. But there's adventure. Can we please not lose the adventure of what the kingdom is? This is not like, I'm going to grit my teeth and I hate life. Jesus, express yourself. That's not what it is. He's calling you to one of the most beautiful adventures you could possibly imagine. And if it's boring, I would suggest go to your boring heart inside of you and see what's coming out. There is an adventure in Jesus. And the price we can smile at, we can embrace because it's on the journey of an adventure. And there's a reward. How many of you know, like, if you were to catch a bad guy in the Old West, you get a reward. But here's the thing, you got to catch the bad guy first. There is a price that is associated with what we're talking about. But don't be, don't be enamored by the price. Be enamored by the adventure and the reward of what God is calling us to. In Jesus, in the kingdom, life is always an adventure and everything has its price and reward. 1 Corinthians 9.24 says this, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. That's like, I'm going to start running around, you know? Run. Are you running in such a way to get the prize? Are you like, the line's not too long. I've got my time. Run in such a, this is not Jesse. This is the Bible. Run in such a way to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games, and here's where I'm going, goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. My dad has world records. My dad has Olympic medals. 
But how many of you know that's not eternal? And the amount of training that this man went through is, is insane. We won't get very far if we talk about training without a prize. And our prize is set in eternity. And eternity, as Bruce Book says, eternity begins now. That's the mandate of the kingdom. Not that we wait for eternity and whatever happens here doesn't really matter. Eternity begins now. The adventure begins now. Some of the rewards begin now. We've, we've talked about it, not in its fullness, and that's not what we're saying. But eternity begins now. Run in such a way to get the prize. To get that eternal prize, we need strict training to be able to, to, be able to race at that level. The kingdom, and hear this, this is where the cycle portion happens. The kingdom in you gets developed by training. Training the kingdom already inside of you. And then what God does, he puts more of it inside of you as well as you train it. It becomes more a part of you. Hear this. Training will move us out of complacency or inaction into effective kingdom momentum. 1 Timothy 4.8 says this. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way. As it holds promise for the when? The present life. And also for the life to come. That's powerful. The kingdom principle is this. And many people that do CrossFit understand this. The work you put in is the fruit you get out. We, we sometimes say, how do I do this? How do I do this kingdom thing? Have you developed the till of your soil and continued to, to continue to see God transforming you? And then secondly, are you allowing God to put you through the rungs of training? What does that look like? One of the things that I just wanted to free you all from, because you're all like, oh my gosh, I'm just going to have to read the Bible until like, I'm so bored out of my mind. Can I tell you that it's not as much, it's not as much the quantity that you get, but it's the quality that you get. So you're like, you can read like Leviticus and Hebrews as many times until you're like blue in the face and you're just like hitting yourself in the face because you can't understand, you don't see it. Can I tell you, be sensitive to where the Holy Spirit is leading you, but he's training you. If there's things in your life and you've plateaued, that's a really good guess that you haven't understood or embraced what God is trying to teach you in you through that. If you're stuck there, find out what it is that he's trying to teach you so you can keep moving on. God doesn't want to keep you in seasons, but he has no choice because he can't build further on you if you haven't learned this lesson right here. If there's that bitterness in your heart, he can't take you to that next season because that bitterness will undo everything in that season of what he's wanting to build. Training, receiving what he's doing. I'm going to talk about the word right now too. We're not going to throw away the word. Do you know that training finds its way into every major person in the Bible who journeyed with God? Last week we talked about Joseph. My gosh, I don't want to sign up for his training regimen. Getting sold by his brothers, being a slave in Potiphar's house, getting unwrongly convicted. How many of us by that point would be like, God, I'm out. This training is not for me. 
Can I encourage you as the church today or a representative of the church today, can we be people that don't bow out of the training that God is bringing us? Because it's not about the price, it's about the reward. It's not about how much this is maybe a little bit unpleasant. It's about what God is wanting to express. And what he's wanting to express is heaven on earth, earth as it is in heaven. That's a powerful mandate, but it's not gonna happen because we're like, God, make it happen over there right now. Cool, it's done. There is a cost but there is such a reward as well. David was anointed king, but then he spent many years in the wilderness. Joshua got to lead the people into the promised land after wandering around with a very, I'm sure they were a very pleasant group for 40 years. Jesus didn't begin his ministry until he was 30. And even then he had to spend 40 days with a really pleasant guy challenging him. In the desert, we need to see our lives and scripture as the canvas and the manual that God uses to train us to be able to reach our potential of running the race, or we will not have motivation for doing so. I've already mentioned it, but have you ever watched somebody like, you know, the picture that I had, which is really funny. How many of you in the Commonwealth Games, did you see any of the like the table tennis players? Like, did you see any of the table? My gosh, there's something like extraordinarily superhuman. They're like Spider-Man-like abilities to like follow the ball. Like Bruce McCavitt fancies himself a, um, a table tennis player. He'd have no shot. He's got to work on his Spider-Man routine way more. Those, they're amazing. They're phenomenally talented. But here's the thing, and this is what I just want to impress upon us. Those people put in the training to be able to be at that level. It can be easy to put it in the too hard bucket, but 2 Timothy 3.16 says this, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. It's not for listening to, to make sure that I feel a little bit better because I've been a little bit sad. But can I tell you, if you're tilling the soils of your heart, God wants to heal and set you free from everything that you've gone through. So that's very much a part of the training. But when we reduce it only, if we say that the word only has that power, then we've lost the purpose of it. When Angie said this morning, Jesus didn't come to just die so that you could be saved. He died so you could be saved to something. And that is the message that is burning inside of us as a church that wants to release that sound. I just, there's so many ways that you can consume scripture these days. I just want to give you a couple. How many of you have the U version downloaded on your, your phone? U version. Do you know it reads it to you? Like if you don't enjoy reading, whoop, you pop that thing on play. I've gotten through so much scripture. That's how I get through the hard parts. I'm like, oh, this is a boring part, Jesus. He's like, I know. He agrees, don't worry. But can I tell you there's so much life in the word You know, and another thing, and you may be like, Jesse, you're, you're really silly, but parents, when you're reading the scripture to your kids, have your spirit open too. I've gotten more words from God while reading the Bible to my kids, and it's, it's the you version's version of the kids, and it's in pictures, and it's nice, and you push it, and like they do different things, and I'm like, my gosh, there's some revelation in there. How many of you know that scripture has power? But we need to be consuming it. We need to be getting it in us, and it's not 
It's not how much you get. It's the quality of what you get. It's being sensitive to the Holy Spirit to say, you need to till this in your heart. This is what part of heaven I'm putting in you. This is where you need to keep developing. Yeah, that coworker that you can't stand, just try and stand them five more minutes today and see what I do in you. That's training. Because the opposite, can I tell you what the opposite of training is? No, I want to build my kingdom. Archer, I'm a phenomenal dad. You know why? Because I didn't have a dad. You should, I'm amazing. Archer's like, you had a dad? It's God. He's put us, he puts us in the game. Training, training is not bad. Training is saying, God, I want you to move in and through my life. You can tell I'm excited. Let's go. Worship songs. Can I just, you know the song that we sang today, Who, Who You Say I Am. These are, these are some things of the premise of what the song was written on. The word says, this is the word, I am chosen. I am called of God. I'm being changed into his image. I am a new creation. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. I am forgiven of all my sins. I am redeemed from the curse of the law. I am blessed. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I am victorious. I am set free. I am strong in the Lord. I am healed by his wounds. I am free from condemnation. I am reconciled to God. I am a joint heir with Christ. I am more than a conqueror. I am accepted in him and I am complete in him. How many of you need those things to be a part of who you are? Do you know that when we sing in worship and we let down our guard and we allow him to minister into our lives when we're singing who the sun sets free is free indeed, this is not you singing to God. This is a supernatural moment where he can invade your heart, the till and till your heart. That's where he's creating deep roots. You don't have to just be sitting to read scripture because scripture is all around us. Read scripture too. Do you, see, do you see what happens there, what worship becomes? That's something so different than, I don't like that song. I don't care if you don't like that song. Get it in your heart. It's not about if you like it or not. It's about there's nothing that is too big that I don't want to get. I want to get the word in me. Whatever way we can, whatever opportunity I have, I need it to start doing its work. That's what training is. Let me just, whoo, I've still got half my message. I'm not going to go there, though. I think that's okay for today. We need to come alive to the fact Scripture and all Scripture is the manual of heaven. It's the very word of God. That same word that spoke earth into existence still wants to do that in your life today. The words that created heaven, the words that created you and I. If we are going to run in such a way that we want to get the prize, we need to embrace the fact that kingdom principles take time. Not just time waiting, but time training. To learn the art of transformation takes time. This is back to the wax on, wax off, right? The keys to the kingdom are there and how to access it and what your mandate is. And I can't get to that point today. They are there. It's just that to wield them, we need to train with them for they are not able to be mastered in a day. So next time that I speak, I'll make sure that I speak on this final point, which is all about the point of release. So the two points that we talked about today in this cycle, 
The kingdom is inside out. It's in you. It needs to happen in you before it can happen out of you. And the second point is we need to be in training for that to be developed so that, the to- the t- that our soil can be developed. It can be released. And the final point is all about release. It's all about what does it look like when it gets out of us. And we're going to be looking at the story of Paul. And uh, it's, it's going to be very, very good. So I encourage you, stay tuned. It's going to be a long time, though, because we've got a lot of things in there. So really keep this message. It means you all have to listen to it again. Let's just pray. Father, we, we bless you for who you are, Jesus. Lord, I thank you so much that you have not given us an ineffective gospel. You have not given us an ineffective word. But, Father, you've given us your word, and you've given us a mandate that can absolutely see things transformed. Father, I pray that you would put a burden in our heart, not of what we have to pay to see it happen, but Jesus, you would put a burden of our heart, of your heart, of what breaks your heart. Father, release this people out of apathy and into productive kingdom momentum. Jesus, we want to walk in the fullness of what you have for us. Lord, we speak against every lie. We speak against every blockage to any obstacle that's blocking our ears and blocking our spiritual eyes. Father, would you be released in every heart here, Jesus, to see your kingdom come on heaven as, as, as it is in heaven here on earth. In the mighty name of Jesus, we will not be silent and have cute Christianity. Father, release in us and release in your people a sound that will not be contained. In the mighty name of Jesus, we as a body declare we are partnering with you. Can we say amen to that church?